This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So like a palak paneer, someone bought it from Indian restaurants. They told me, can you make like that? So I made it palak paneer where I wanted. She gave me an idea. People say, can you make vegan food? So I started making a vegan food. And then they say it should be a gluten-free. Then I started making, again, search it and made a gluten-free food. So I'm just saying the customer helped me to build where I am. I'm Sophia Yam. And I'm Melania Antoshva. And you're listening to That's Food from CJSR. Revealing the backstory to Edmonton's food one meal at a time. So, Sophia, you and I are both University of Alberta students, and there's a new remedy in the CSIS building here on campus. Have you been yet? Not yet, but I really want to go. You know, remedy seems to be everywhere these days, doesn't it? Yeah! It's kind of crazy how there's a remedy on campus now. It started off with this tiny shop on 109th Street, and now it's exploded everywhere in Edmonton. You can get your chai latte on Jasper Ave, Southgate, and even Terwilliger. Did you know that there's almost 10 locations? No, I didn't. Yeah! So in today's episode, I spoke to the owner of Remedy, Z Sadie, about chai, his plans for Remedy, and how to grow a successful business. I born in Pakistan and uh, was a very very small town, and uh, and my mom used to make a chai every morning for us, and then uh, and she we don't have a sugar. Sugar was a government controlled product, and then we never had a sugar, so. Uh, so she uh, used to ma- use a sugarcane uh, juice for it, and uh, she makes chai always. Uh, when I came and opened this store, I used to make chai for myself always. Mm-hmm. When I uh, started here, so I go better make a chai for my customer, the same way we do it. And then uh, I am start doing it, and uh, people like it, and then we're still doing it, yeah. So I used to make a 10-liter, then went to 20-liter chai a day, so now we make a 600 liter every week. Oh, wow. That's so much. So how did Remedy get started? Oh, so I moved from uh, uh, Texas. I used to live, I used to drive a cab in New York City for uh, 11 years. So then I moved to Texas, and then I married uh, the, my wife from Edmonton. And then she brought me in Edmonton, and then uh, I saw this Remedy was for sale in Edmonton Journal. And then I bought it. And the sandwich shop it used to be a sandwich shop, and uh, then I bought it. And then I used to start selling what they were selling. And uh, one day I um, made my own food, like a spicy Pakistani food, and I was eating. My one customer said, "What are you eating?" I go, "That's what I am eating." He go, "Why don't you cook here that one?" So that's what I said. Is a whole remedy is built by customers. It's not was not me. So if he wouldn't give me that idea, I wouldn't start it. So then he said, make this food here. So I started making the food, and uh, we got very popular. Yeah. The people like a chai was a very different drink, and that was a good timing too, 2000, was the things was coming in. Before people don't know latte or anything, just the coffee was the main thing. So, and then when I started making my homemade chai, that was, uh, timing was very good, and the product was very good. 
and then uh, people liked it very much and then start making then I made a Kashmiri chai mm-hmm. and I go should give them a caffeine free chai I never thought about <laughs> the people going to ask me caffeine free chai so we made a caffeine free chai and uh, then I made another chai we call a vanilla rooibos chai so I make that chai we buy the tea do it and that went very well too so but it still is my uh, regular chai is number one number one seller Okay. Can you tell me more about how you just said that all, uh your business is built by your customers? Yo is how I say. Okay, so I was a cab driver and uh I was just a uh, cook home whatever for myself and uh so customer gave me this idea I should make this food for her. And then I made it and then some customer came and they brought a food for me to can you make this one for me for, for here so like a palak paneer someone bought it from uh, somewhere from indian restaurant she told me can you make like that so i made it palak paneer way i wanted she gave me idea and then um, then uh, people say can you make vegan food so i start making a vegan food and then they say it should be a gluten free then i started making i can search it and made a gluten free food so is i'm just saying the customer helped me to build where i am mm-hmm. that's why and then they came back the product and then um, yeah so that's built remedies whole built by customers they made me where i am so i read a lot and from my friends in the indian community has there ever been any backlash from your food since it's more fusion Well, I really surprised a lot of uh, our uh, Indian people, people from Pakistan and then people from all that region. They come and eat. They uh, I never heard anybody say that uh food is bad, but I heard oh, is not enough spicy or give us a little bit salt. I think the Remedy Cafe is um is a cafe we don't put the table salt anywhere. We just put it all together very well and that's what people no need extra salt but yeah people are uh, sometime they uh, my indian fellow they ask me can i have uh, some chili pepper can i have a little bit more spicy so that's what we make spicy for them and i have a hot chutney for them but uh, everybody loved their chai so with the indian and uh, our canadian people whoever comes they love the chai so yeah that's good So for 13 years you didn't open up any new locations and now all of a sudden there's so many remedies popping up everywhere. We got popular with like among people they like it and this is a really hangout place for people. They go and they really like it. And with uh, 13 years, 4 5 years is just uh, all gone by learning what's happening. And um honestly, yeah, was a lot of was learning and uh, then 4 5 years is uh, my deal was sale was uh, $150 $50 a day in a 2000 i hardly pay my rent that time so just people come co- coffee was uh, 75 cents and free refill so it was uh, was uh, very different then and uh, yeah it took me long time to establish myself for financially Right. and then uh, when i have enough money and then i got the right spot the uh, jasper avenue and um, then i go okay, let's go try a second one because i want to a lot of people were coming from downtown to eat on 109 and we didn't have enough room we have a very tiny 109 that time 
So I go, okay, let's go try that. Uh, we'll get that store open. So we opened that store and uh, we tried. And that was very good success for us. And that gave me most uh, uh, courage to open another one. So then I go, okay, we're going to stop people coming from downtown to 109 so they can eat there. And then uh, then I open on uh, Jasper Avenue, or oh, sorry, 124th one. Mm-hmm. So they take that crowd, put it up there. And then, uh, so this store was very successful for me. And then uh, give me the more, okay, let's go look something else. So then at Twilliger, I live in a Twilliger. So I go, okay, try that one. So that was very good. We did that. And uh, I always want to go to Southgate Mall because as I, uh, so I go, let's go try Southgate Mall. So we open that one. So that's what all happened. So it's all uh, because, you know, I never had a bad experience to opening a cafe and we struggle it. So it was always good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what give me a more chance to open more. Yeah. Do you find the most challenging about scaling up? It's challenging as, uh, as the employees. So hiring people. And uh, most of these are uh, bringing uh, cooks from India or some wherever they're coming from. And... Uh, it's very difficult, uh, sometimes get very difficult. And uh, so I gave up on that, and then my wife handled very well now. So she hired all the people and then all the staffing. That was a hard part. Product was never hard. Like we were making for one store, we make for five. The same thing for us. And then I have a hire more kitchen staff, so we do it. And uh, But the front is harder part, to teaching them. The... Uh, always polish them okay please do this one please say this to the customers we're going to do that so educate them because it's not a hard part i never hired a, uh i have now but at the beginning i never hired an indian person at the front and uh, because it's the the language barrier so and then uh, my canadian people they didn't know what ingredients are what is the chana masala is what is a pali that's not their fault they never heard about that food so teaching them all so when customer question you, so you have to answer. So we made all the books, all the information, what is in the stuff is, what is a palak mean, what is a chana masala mean. So that was the, my hardest part. Mm-hmm. But we did it. We mastered it now. It's all good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now it's like a family operation. Yeah, yeah family mm-hmm. operation with my all good staff, which when they stayed with me seven, seven, eight, eight years, they're still working for me. And uh, we're happy out. Yeah. Um, how do you keep the consistent quality, like in your products, in your employees, and that keeping that same brand image throughout all your locations as you expand? Well, we most of the cook we make on a three location, so we eliminate that problem because we make the food with same food we serving there, or we take in 124th Street, and the same food we serving on uh, Jasper, we take in on wherever we're going to take it. So that, that way we control quality. And we, I have a recipe set, so the way we make it. And uh, that's what we do. And front uh, staff, we hire them, and, and we train them for three days to making a latte, making a chai. So if we're selling 100 drinks a day, is a 90 chai sell. So we master them how to make a chai. We've got a super automatic machines. We have a system. You have to steam a milk and put chai ready to go. So they have just... Uh, assembly line actually mm-hmm. and then we train them very well to keep the quality but I sometimes I find <laughs> yeah not 100% the way I want it but yeah they make mistakes mm-hmm. yeah but we all human right yeah, for sure. 
if we all human and if we uh, people make mistake you just uh, try to fix it right there mm -hmm. that's what I tell my customers to if she's making a mistake or he's making a mistake just fix them right there you the boss end of the day customers are the boss mm -hmm. so they can okay you do wrong thing just fix it and they will fi if they don't fix it then we jump in we'll say what happened mm -hmm. so what do you think makes remedy so successful is the people they always come back like you always it's if people support you and then you have to be stay honest with your business and be honest with your customer that's what i learned and then always fill their demand mm -hmm. right so if they want um, almond milk this is my job to bring almond milk for is a one person or is a thousand people that's my job when the person in my place they need almond milk you should have it doesn't matter and then the same thing, people are start demanding uh, oats milk. And then I brought the oats milk in now. And then 1%, uh, we have a 1%, we have a 3%. And then we have a soy milk. So whatever, they, they want 18% uh, cream for the coffee, we brought 18 I used to have a 10%, but they say, no, I don't want, we don't want it, we bring the 18%. So we have to listen to them, right? At the end of the day, they are the boss. We are the work for them. So we well, listen to them very well, yeah. Do you think that's what differentiates yourself from other that's cafes? Yes, that's my success is. Is anybody's in the world is a success when you listen to your followers? So like if people come to my store, I listen to them, and uh, that's my success is. And they're giving you free lesson. They're giving you free advice. Come on. So we've got to listen to them and try to put it all together. Do you have any um, plans to expand outside of Edmonton? Yeah. That's where that's what my always believe. I really I, I asked my wife that day. I go, can I do one day one thing? She go, what? I go, I want to open the door for them when they're coming in. I just stand outside by the door. She go, okay, can you do it in a July? Because it'll be warm for you. <laughs> Standing. So I, I love my customers. They, they they are the like is a boss for me, yeah. And they made me where I am. If I have in a beautiful life, that's what they gave it to me. And my uh, coffee cozy, I say thank you, Edmonton. And my canopy, I put thank you, Edmonton. But uh, but this Edmontonian did it to me. And my last question is now: is how do you feel about chai? Since when you were a kid, um, now that you have more commercialized it and given it access to more people. I'm very happy, and then I never thought about that's going to happen to me, and the chais will be the one. But chai was the one, and then uh, chana masala, that was a very pure food. Like uh, you can do nothing wrong with it, like uh, you can do anything. Chana masala is very pure food. So chana masala, chai, and uh, tandoori chicken wrap, that these three, four items in the beginning items, yeah, they did pretty well to me, but I never thought about it's going to be take me where I am from the chai yeah they're pretty good yeah okay well those are all my questions all right thank you so much yeah thank you so much for joining me here's today's snack fact so did you know that before potato chips are mass produced and marketed around the world they were sold in mom and pop shops it wasn't until Laura Scotters came with the concept of pre-bagging the chips. Originally, the bags were made out of wax paper. This allowed potato chips to be stored in a more stable and secure environment, 
keeping them fresher longer while also reducing crumbling. This invention allowed potato chips to be mass-marketed, making them a new convenience food. Our music is by Dot Hoyer. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and on our website dashfood.transistor.fm. You can contact us at dashfood@cgsr.com. We are Dashfood CGSR on Facebook and on Instagram. Dashfood is produced at CGSR in Edmonton on Treaty Six territory. But is it food? Dashfood.